the winter of 2011, whenever we had finished our last finals, given at noon at LSU, when my roommate and one of my friends decided it's time to get out of this stressful environment. And so we wanted to escape, and escape we did. So we grabbed all the things out of our pantry and immediately headed to Mississippi to camp. We didn't know how long we would go. We only know that we wanted to not be here. And four days into the trip, at lunch, whenever all we had to pass around was a bottle, a squeezed bottle of Welch's jelly into our mouths, and we were tired, we knew that we had prepared very poorly and that we could have done things much better. Prudence requires to be able to sit down and to not be pushed around by our passions. And similarly, oftentimes, we find ourselves in sin. We find ourselves discontented. We say, I want to get out of this. I want to escape from this. And hurl ourselves headlong into repentance without any real resolutions or plans to make it through the Christian journey of sanctification, of living in stability, but in relationship with the Lord. And so whenever Christ talks about having these plans to build a tower or enough troops to go into battle, the troops, the plans, or the food in the pantry is our ability to renounce our possessions or let go of our attachments. These are the plans necessary. And so, while there's worldly prudence that says, which is a fine thing, which says we need to maximize profits, we need to make sure that we eat right, we make sure that our name is good, all of this, while that has its place, Christian prudence takes the first place for us, which begins by renouncing all of our possessions. And so I want to talk about how to gain Christian prudence, how to sustain Christian prudence, and what does Christian prudence look like lived practically, very briefly. First, how to gain Christian prudence. Prudence, we know, is the mother of all virtues because prudence looks at what the good is and then chooses it. Now, as said before, worldly prudence says, you know, I want to maximize profits. I want my name to be good. I want to live comfortably. Christian prudence looks at our final destination and looks at how Christ gave his life on the cross. And from the very onset accepts I cannot follow Christ unless I take up my cross. And that I must accept that I will suffer. And that I will die with Christ. And while death is inevitable, if I live and move and have my being in him, then the resurrection is a certitude we can hope for. Christian prudence begins with the end in mind that we will die that we will die. But secondly, Christian prudence, with that thought in mind and sustaining Christian prudence, is that Christian prudence is not reckless. You know, like the Christian is not on a suicide mission. Christian is not a kamikaze pilot. 
Christ, though he died once, avoided death far more times. And Christian prudence is not reckless. And we have this sense, though, within American culture of recklessness. And here's why. While for the Christian, prudence is the virtue that's placed above all things, at least in American culture, fortitude is the virtue that is placed above all things. We value industry. We value those who work hard, who just have grit, but don't necessarily have direction. In a culture that does not esteem absolute and universal truth, that is what we are left with. It doesn't matter what you do, because we don't know what you do is good or not. We can't evaluate that. There's nothing that's really true. What I can evaluate is if you live your life in a hard and tough way. Christian prudence is not this. Christian prudence is not reckless. Christian prudence looks at what is it that God wills and then does it. And that's not always the hardest thing. It is always the most charitable thing, though. But then thirdly, how does this kind of sustain itself, boots on the ground? The One characteristic of prudence of a prudential man rather than a rash man. A rash man makes a decision quickly and then flip-flops on his decision regularly. A prudent man thinks about his decision for a long time and then when makes the decision is firm in his decision. That is the prudent man. But in order to have that demeanor where I do not flip-flop all the time and live thoughtlessly, it means that in between making decisions, that I do not flip-flop all the time and live thoughtlessly. can't live a life that's just surrounded by meaningless noise. can't. We have to be people of recollection. If I'm not a person of recollection that is able to sit within the silence of his own room comfortably, then it will be difficult for me to live prudently, to choose what God wills, is I am not alone with him regularly. And so to begin at the foot of the cross to renounce all of our possessions, to recognize suffering will come our way, but to not do so recklessly, always choosing the charitable option, not necessarily the most difficult, and to live in a recollected way, we can begin to count the cost, to build the tower, to rise up to heaven, to fight, to build the army to fight against temptation that we can hope in the resurrection of the Lord.